Hey everyone, and welcome to our spoiler cast up for The Last of Us Part 2. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I am your host. Joining me today is Garrett Neely. Garrett, how are you? I'm doing well, Luke. How are you? Doing really good. Super excited for this episode. Also joining us is Adam Beagle. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm ready to test your patience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It will be interesting. This will be a great... I'm. To be honest, I haven't been as excited for this episode of the podcast um, compared to any other episode that we've ever done on Games Are Fun. Um, before we get to the spoiler cast, there's a couple things we wanted to mention to get out of the way. So, episodes of Games Are Fun are released every single week. Each week, we get together to discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and give impressions on recent game releases. Games Are Fun is available on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your platform of choice. Be great. It would be greatly appreciated if you would subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And that's it uh, for our little housekeeping. Uh, for context, we are recording this back-to-back from when we did a review that aired last week. Um, just cause we spent like an hour, 45 minutes ish, maybe two hours talking about the last of us to get us all prepped to talk about spoilers. So basically this is a spoiler cast. So that means that anything that we talk about is going to totally give away the plot uh, to the last of us part two. So this is kind of like your final warning to retreat. If you have not finished the last of us part two, I come back when you've beat it. The podcast is always going to be here. And then you can kind of hear us talk about our reactions and our opinions on certain things that this game showed off. So this is your final warning. Um, all right. So I don't, I just want to cut to the chase guys. Uh, let's talk like full spoiler <laughs> talk. The, the guard is off. Um, we can talk about whatever we want now. We just did our review episode for, we talked about things we liked, we didn't like. Now let's kind of just dive into things that are very specific. Um, so does anyone want to start off with something that they wanted to to talk about that happened in The Last of Us Part Two? I mean, do we need to just start with the, the big one? Joel's, Joel, Joel <laughs> yeah, has died, I, everyone. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they killed my Joel. <laughs> Not only did they kill him, they showed him getting straight up beat to death with a golf yeah. club. Brutally <laughs> yeah. murdered. Yeah. Yes. Um, this yeah. was after he got his pretty much entire leg blown off with a shotgun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the first of the jaw drop moments for me. I had nothing spoiled out of this game other than something that didn't actually happen. Um, so, yeah, as I talked about in our, our review episode, this was the first of of several moments where I literally just was like, oh, my God, I, I cannot believe. Like, I could, I could see that he would maybe potentially die, but this early in the game and the fashion in which it happened was just extremely shocking to me. Yeah, I um, it, just to kind of walk you through what my thought process was as this was happening. So he, um, you know, he he saves a, a girl named Abby from getting killed by the zombies or whatever they're called, um, and she takes them back to or Joel and Tommy to her little 
you know, camp where her friends and stuff are. And you kind of got the feeling that, that Joel was probably the person that they were after, um, given some vague, but, uh, pointed dialogue that they, they had. And, you know, so Joel and Tommy go there and, uh, Joel almost immediately gets his leg blown off. So I, I, you know, going into it, I'm like, okay, we know from the stuff that Naughty Dog has shown that there's not going to be a ton of Joel in this game. And I was trying to figure out why. And I just wasn't ready to accept the fact that he died. And that's the reason why I thought, I'm, I'm like, okay, he doesn't have a leg anymore. That doesn't mean he can't continue to be in the game. You know, maybe they take him <laughs> off and this whole game is, is a rescue mission, basically. Mm. And, um, you know, another hour tops into the game uh maybe two something like that you know they straight up just finished the job Mm -hmm. and i'm like what (laughs) that's my joel (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so at that point i was like i was one of those people i'm like okay i'm ready to just not play this game anymore yeah um but i mean in the end i'm I'm glad i did but yeah that was that was rough to to start the game off with yeah i I knew I had this a thought that like they're gonna kill Joel, right? I and for context, I didn't see any spoilers. I was fortunate enough to not see same anything. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, whenever there's a big like, it, I just kind of expected it to happen. Now that quick was something that did catch me off guard for sure. Um, that moment, right when. Tommy and Joel are introducing themselves to them after they they get back into the garage or whatever they're wherever they're in and mm-hmm. they're saying their names and Joel says who he is right because at that point you don't really have a ton of context for why Abby and this group like you're already introduced to them mm-hmm. and why they're 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 in Wyoming and everything and you but you don't really know their motivations, why they're there or anything like that. And when they say their name, you just like, you're like, it just, you swallow a, a brick. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment, you're like, fuck, this is not going to be good for, for these guys. And, um, yeah, my reaction to that scene was just like, I think you were talking in the review, Garrett, about like moments in the game where your jaw drops. And that was Mm -hmm. for sure the first big one. And shortly after that, I remember it was pretty late. So I had to turn off the the PlayStation and and get to bed. And Megan was already in bed asleep. And I'm just lying there in bed thinking about (laughs) what I just witnessed (laughs) and how I felt about that. And just wanting to just filled with anger and like not even knowing who Abby was, but just like, Oh man, this is going to be a game about revenge and I'm going to freaking go after her and I'm going to get my revenge and it's going to be sweet. And that's not what it was. Right. It, it, it taught us something and it, um, you know, we'll dive a little deeper here as we go on, but it's just, yeah, that, and, and, and sorry, I, I, I don't mean to talk too much over you guys here, but I did point up, I made a, I made a thing in my notes here. And this is in regards to the Joel death spoiler being leaked and some backlash around that. Um, you were talking on the review, Garrett, about certain things in this moment and how people called it quits and because they were upset with that. And mm-hmm. um, 
Adam, you were talking about how you felt like that. And I, I even felt like that of just like, and then, you, and, and, but you also said how you were glad you didn't and how you got to see how this story unfolded and getting a little more context to why this happened. Because it's not like just like, obviously Joel's death was very abrupt and um, quick and it caught us off guard, but there's reasoning behind that. And so I have a little section here in my notes, Joel death, spoiler backlash. So I saw some people on Twitter and some YouTube comments and just some other things on the internet talking about Joel dying and they're thinking like the Joel we know wouldn't allow just meet these people and, and be completely off yeah. his, off guard and like welcome them and, and everything like that. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I just don't understand why that's a reasoning. It's like, sure, that's true. We know who Joel is. We get to understand who he is and how he he what everything he did in the first game provides context to how he is as a character but i talked about this in the review like four years have passed right that's a lot for joel to to change just just like all three of us are not the same people we were 10 years ago you know people evolve and they grow and you know joel joel probably has found some comfort in in a stable society of where they're at with their community. And um, that's going to affect how he reacts to things. And so for someone to say that, I'm just like, I I just don't understand why that's even something to argue over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's kind of at a point where he's been able to let his guard down and in doing so, it put himself in a position where he was vulnerable mm-hmm. and, you know, he was unarmed in that scenario and he got blindsided with a shotgun to the leg. Like, yeah. you know, there's not much, not much more you can do there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that I saw floating around was them talking about how it was a cheap death and how you're killing off a protagonist from a, one of the best video games of all time in is seen three, four five hours into a game with just being beat to death. And again, to those I I say, it's like, I mean, even though the game didn't tell us all about Abby and, or sorry, when, before the game released, we didn't know about the whole Abby section and playing as her. And we didn't know um, where the story of the last of us was going to be. I mean, the game set it up as if like, you're going to be playing as Ellie. So even before anything came out, I was in this mindset of like, Oh, Ellie's going to find out that Joel lied to her and either she's going to cut Joel out of her life or maybe Joel's going to die or, you know, like we, we've played as Joel. Like this is supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're going to be playing as Ellie and we're going to see that. And now, and that's, I, and we'll talk about it in a bit here, but that's why it was so crazy when we got to Abby because, you know, that, that's something that, uh, was was unexpected as well right that they set it up like you're gonna play as ellie in the story and you don't so mm-hmm. i don't know i just i i just thought it was interesting that people had such backlash for that or you know they i even saw another one talking about killing joel so they could push this social justice warrior agenda right of this character who is homosexual and um dealing with with issues 
social issues like that and it's like give me a break really yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> the shit that people come up with right man. it's yeah. just to fit their own narrative it's ridiculous exactly it's like i i uh i like that they they took risks and um you know I, as as heartbroken as i was over Joel's death i i i like that uh like it was purposeful right they mm-hmm listening to that spoiler cast of talking about Neil Druckmann um, and even hearing Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson talking about what it was like performing that scene um, as people who are super attached to these characters and probably care about these characters more than anyone else. And just how like they didn't just, Oh, let's just beat the shit out of them with a golf club and call it a day. Like there's reasoning why they did that. And although I'm upset Joel died, I think the way they chose to to kill him off made sense for the rest of the story. You know what I mean? Like it was purposeful. It made right. it, you want yeah. to hate Abby and just seek revenge and go and kill her only to find out that's like, oh, well, Abby has her own motivations and her own reasons would, should she have killed Joel mm-hmm. like that? I don't know. Anyways, I'm talking a lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> and if you think about it too, like if if Joel hadn't died, then we don't have this story because there's mm-hmm. no there's no reason for Ellie to go out on on this uh, revenge mission. So I mean, at that point, like, why does the game even exist? If you know, if this, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's my that's yeah, my thing. That totally makes sense. And and to the people that say, you know, that the death wasn't earned or it, that it was cheap or whatever, like those are the people that I know did not play the game because it was earned. Abby had all the motive in the world to kill him. Um, you know, she, she, she killed her father. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, you would do the same thing if, if you were living in this kind of world and you came across the person that killed the person that was closest to you, that raised you, you would absolutely do the same thing. And so to those, yeah, to those people, I mean, they just, they obviously did not play the game or they quit playing after this scene because this is the kind of, you know, I, like I said, I, it shocked me that this happened so early in the game, mm-hmm. but I think it was, like you say, it was on purpose, Adam, because they, they, that drives the rest of the game, but it also allows them to go back and show you like how Joel had changed, how he had let his guard down, how he had become, you know, a little, a little bit of a softer person. Um, even mm-hmm. just right after this, when you're going to explore Joel's home, um, after he's been buried, like you can see, like he's, he's settled down a little bit. He's not, um, uh, you know, a smuggler on the run killing everybody in sight anymore. Um, and, and that's one thing that I think a lot of people do forget about Joel is that he was not like a saint, you know, like he murdered hundreds, if not thousands of people, we don't know, but he was, he was a bad guy. Like just because he was a good guy to Ellie does (laughs) not mean he was not a, a good guy to the rest of the world. And so, um, yeah, I just think the whole controversy is bullshit quite frankly (laughs) yeah yeah and that's a good point like he he was not he was not a good person but he was he was he was our like he he was an asshole but he was our asshole (laughs) right so i mean that's why people that's why people are upset about it and like that's that's the point um is that we have this attachment to this person so you know when they get killed it means something Mm -hmm. um and it does it it sets everything up like luke said for us to hate abby and to 
go on this revenge mission like it just it kind of it had to be done to to tell this story yeah so i i think this is a natural point to talk about abby because she obviously was responsible for killing joel and so what what i kind of want to ask you guys is how you felt about oh i obviously know how you felt about abby (laughs) the moments after she killed joel but what was your guys' journey of Abby? Because you, you obviously, it sets it up as that, um, you know, you get it in your head, you, you see Ellie's motivation and you see from her perspective of what she's trying, you know, she's trying to get revenge off Abby. And then for the game to shift and you play literally half the game as Abby. Um, how did you guys feel about that? Um, for me, um, I didn't even really realize at at the beginning of the Abbey section, like how long it was going to be because mm-hmm. I thought like, you know, we've already played this short bit with her in the beginning of the game and now maybe we're going to get this other, you know, maybe one or two hour, uh, section before we go back to, you know, the storyline that we had been on. Um, but yeah, because what, what what made me realize was that you know early on in the Abbey section you're you're getting a lot of um, the supplements, a lot of the uh, weapon parts and stuff like that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, they're just trying to throw all this stuff at you real quick so that you don't feel weak in comparison to how you were when you were playing as as Ellie. But you know they throw quite a few of those in the first maybe hour of the Abbey section, but then as it goes on, it, it turns into just like you know, they're just as rare as they were with, with Ellie. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started realizing like, Oh, she's got her own like upgrade trees that I haven't unlocked. She's got her own, um, weapons even that you don't use as Ellie. And I'm, and and I slowly started to realize like, Oh, okay, this isn't going to just be like a, let's quickly recap what happened to Abby during this time. But like, this is, I'm going to have to experience what she's experienced. And that's when I started to shift my thinking of like, I don't really want to play as her because she's a bad person and I, she killed someone that I like. Um, and when I started to realize like, no, I'm going to be in this for a little while. I started to think like, okay, they're going to show me why I shouldn't hate her and why, you know, the the, the Ellie and Abby are two sides of the same coin essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's exactly what they did. And though that was somewhat predictable from a couple hours into Abby's section, I feel like that was, ultimately what the game was about um, was that you know it was um how do i say it it was it was i i something that neil Druckmann kept saying on the the spoiler cast with with kind of funny was uh, about breaking the cycle of violence and um i think that that was very well constructed in in making you play as abby go through all the violence she's experienced and than comparing that to, to Ellie. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of rambling here, but um, yeah, I just, I, I really did not expect that the Abby section would be as long as it was. And this is the specific section uh, day one of Abby that I was speaking about in the review that I felt was a little bit too long. I think mm-hmm. there were some sections in there that were either unnecessary or just not in the right, not paced very well, maybe. Um, but yeah, as it as it went on, and I started to realize what we were actually doing here, it made a lot more sense, and it made me grow to respect Abby. Not necessarily like her, but uh, come to understand her at least. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I um, you know, when you you play through half the you play through half the game as Ellie, and you go through a flat, you get to a certain confrontation between uh, Ellie and Abby, and then it takes you to a flashback where you see the events leading up to um what would be the the final sort of sequence in the first game where mm-hmm. Joel goes in and he kills the doctor uh he he takes Ellie out of there he saves her from from being killed for the sake of creating a vaccine uh that would ultimately you know save thousands of lives of of people from getting infected um so basically and in that cutscene we find out that that doctor was Abby's dad um, so you do, you immediately get that, you know, and, and it kind of builds up to that moment. They step out of the forest and you see the hospital in the background. Uh, Abby's friend Owen is calling Abby's dad doctor. And like, it immediately hits you like, oh my God, like, this is it. Like, she wasn't just coming after Joel because he stopped a vaccine from being created. He's coming because he killed her dad. Um. So it all starts to click and it's like, okay, like, wow, that's really powerful. And then the game decides to do this thing where it makes you play as Abby then. And all, all I can think is we just got Raiden. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. One, of, one of the most controversial points in gaming history is mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 2. Two. Yeah. And you play for Snake for the first hour and a half and then boom, Raiden, the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much what we got here. And, and, uh, that didn't really sit well with me. I didn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't here for Abby. Like, I don't care. I don't really care what happened that, that put her in that position. She still killed my Joel. Uh, I, I am Ellie in this situation. I just, I just wanted to continue following Ellie's story and the game did not want to let me do that. It wanted me to play as Abby. Um, <laughs> so I, I immediately off the bat, you know, I didn't like Abby already because she she took Joel away. But now I was mad because she took Ellie away. And not like from living in that world, but just my experience with Ellie is now gone mm-hmm. um, in favor of this new story. And while, you know, it, it definitely provided a lot of context for Abby and the things that she went through, uh, you know, during those days in, in Seattle and, you know, what was happening to her support system, um, you know, through throughout that process, which was, you know, partially Ellie and then just partially, um, you know, their their own set of drama and, and things going on. Uh, you know, it wasn't till till later on that the you know, Abby even realized that Ellie was there and, and you know, taking out her friends and, and such. Um, so I just, you know, throughout that whole process, like, I just had a really hard time caring for Abby. Um, and it just, it was a, some, a design that they chose that just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get that they were really... making sure that we knew Abby wasn't a monster. She had a reason for doing what she did with Joel and that she was, you know, in this, in this world that they're in, she was totally justified in doing what she did. Um, 
she's kind of a bad person on her own level, but she's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really paints some context that she's just trying to do her best, but she doesn't always make the best decision, but that she's not on the same level of, uh, of asshole that, that Joel was because we've already identified Joel was a really bad person, mm-hmm. but to us, he was, he was our person, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, they certainly gave us that context of Abby, but it was a context I didn't feel like I really needed or cared about. So the, the, the majority of the Abby section just kind of fell flat for me. Now it did pick up later, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go on forever no, no here, worries. but um, yeah, that was just my thoughts is that I, I could have really done without the whole Abby thing. Again, there were certain parts that I think were good and I think they could have just really uh, streamlined the time with her. So gotcha yeah i mean when you when you brought these points up in our group chat i uh my initial reaction was because i i just felt like so opposite from that but i totally <laughs> see where you're where you're coming from um for for me how i felt about it is just like it it, it not only did it allow us to know who abby was and and provide you know, her motivations and why she's doing what she's doing and that she's just trying to survive and that deep down, you know, she also isn't, isn't necessarily a bad person. Um, there, like, I just like how much more context it brought to Ellie. Cause I, I like for me, yes, we're away from Ellie. She's pulling time away from that. Um, but it, I just, at the end of it, even after the game ended, um, it made me think more about Ellie in a certain sense. And I'm not saying that I thought about her now oh, in this negative perspective of like, well, now I see all the shit that she's done. She killed Alice, the dog, and <laughs> she killed a pregnant mm-hmm. woman and, um, Owen and, you know, all these other people. And to be fair, she didn't know that yes, the girl was fair, pregnant. Fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither does the player. I don't think in that moment. Did you guys, that, that wasn't yeah. made clear. Was it? Okay. No. Yeah. Um, early on in the, uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Early oh, on in yes, the game, yes, yeah. Owen mentions yeah. he says Mel is pregnant, and then mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you you she's in your group for a little bit too when you start playing with Abby, and yeah. she has a very noticeable belly. Which I don't understand why you send a pregnant lady out on the front lines the way they did. Like what? Yeah. What is wrong with you people? Um, anyway, I digress. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I remember now. I I totally forgot that she had mentioned that in the beginning of the game. Um, not that. Again, the player knows, but the Ellie doesn't, right? So that's important. But yeah, I I think it's interesting because I just I just liked how it it made the the player see things from a different perspective. I mean, that's something that I always love in in media um, and and just in life in general. I I try my best to see things in different perspectives and. Um, have genuine conversations around topics that I might not see one I, I might see not see it the same way that my friend does or whatever I mean that's why I'm so attracted to watching documentaries and so th- that like concept of just here let's tell a story from um, 
like provide more background to actions that were made, right? And I love how much that they connected that to the first game. And I I don't mean to sound like a broken record, because um, it's been said. Uh, I think I've said it before, and I I think it's been said a lot on podcasts and everything about this game. But just how it basically makes you, um, I'm losing my train of thought here. How the game, it it, it it's just like it, it tells a story of revenge and. But it's not just Ellie's revenge, and it's, you know, Abby's as well. And I think you put it perfectly, Garrett, in talking about the moment of when it clicked in your brain that you knew you were going to be playing Abby for for more than like a 30-minute sequence, and that kind of changed your expectations and made you think about the game differently. I think Mm -hmm. that's so well put because that's pretty much what I was doing unconsciously, right, of it was the same moment. It's so funny that you're saying it. Cause it's like when I saw that you were crafting stuff as Abby, it's just like, Oh, they're really making you play this game as Abby. And it's funny because Megan just got to the point of day one with Abby. And she's like, well, how long am I playing as Abby? And I was like, well, what did it say? She's like Seattle day one. I was like, well, so what do you think? And she's like, I'm going to play like three days worth of Abby. I'm like, and I just kind of like shrugged. I'm like, maybe, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I just, yeah, it's so, I just love that switch of how I, I care about Abby now as a character. Um, and yeah, like I, 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 you, you've backed up your points, Adam, I think to a good point of why you feel the way you feel. I just didn't feel that. Um, and I, I, I liked how they they challenged me to question how I felt towards Abby um, by showing her motivations, by showing, hey, Joel killed her dad and it, like a crap ton of fireflies. So not only did they kill her dad, they killed the, Joel is the enemy of this cause that she was, you know, taught to fight for the fireflies. And you even see that in part two of how uh, her and Owen are talking about the fireflies and um how joel killing her dad has kind of clouded her her motivations of trying to save humanity and do what's right and yeah i just i loved how how many times they tried tried to to remind you um you know ellie or sorry abby did things like she spared ellie um she she could have killed Ellie after she killed killed Joel. She didn't. She could have killed Ellie in the moment, but Lev told her not to. Um, she could have killed Dina. She could have killed Dina for mm-hmm. even 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 that extra layer there of like the the fact that Dina's also pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it's like not only can I ki- kill a, an important person to you, I can also get her back because you killed somebody who was pregnant. So I, I'm essentially taking two lives back mm-hmm. for, for the two lives you took. And she didn't. And yeah, I just think that the 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 journey that Abby went through was so brutal that like I I just never felt like I care more about because because we know what Ellie's been through, right? Even from the first game and I, 
I'm not, I I just never felt the need to compare, pair them, I guess. Um, I thought that both of them had their reasons for what they wanted to do. Um, Whether I agreed with either of them, I just loved how they were laid out and how they, um, they didn't necessarily care about how I felt, uh, which is funny because it's like, as a player, you would think that that would mean that that would be a bad thing, but it's just like I like that. I like that I was like a a fly in the wall to this journey that um, that I got to see this story. I, I I don't know. There's something that speaks to me in, in that. But so one thing that that I've just in the last few days, you know, thinking about this game a little bit more that I've I've started thinking about. I'll read this note first of. Um, something that I took notes on early in the game. So I said, early on, I'm finding it satisfying to take out the WLF and enact Ellie's revenge. Some, some people have mentioned that uh, each of the enemies having names had made them seem more like real people. And while it does, it's not enough for me to feel bad about taking them out for what they did to Joel. Um, so obviously early on, I just, I didn't care about killing all these people as Ellie because I was looking for the one person and they were just in my way. But mm-hmm. what I've come to think about is that the reason that Abby's section is as long as it is, is because it gives you the time to see that she is not the WLF. She is, um, you know, she's, she was a firefly. She was a, a person that was, you know, we're, we believe that the Fireflies were a force that was, was working for good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they've been presented to us. And so I think I agree with Adam that like it was a bit odd for me that they didn't get to the Ellie portion of Abby's story until very late in the Abby section. Um, but I see now in thinking about it more that it was to show how Abby was distancing herself from the WLF. She was disobeying their orders. She was pushing back against Isaac. She was, she cared more about Owen than she did anybody else in the, in the group. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's just something that I hadn't really thought about. And it all kind of just honestly came to me just now. I mean, I'd been thinking about it um, and how it, you know, that the section that was long kind of, kind of, dragged on for me, but I, I'm thinking more now that, that that was designed to humanize Abby and not just have her be another one of the soldiers in the WLF, you know? Yeah. Well, like even the whole section with, <clears throat> excuse me, Levin, Yara, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the, the relationships that she builds with them and how it adds new perspective to her um, mm-hmm. And just reinforces all those those things that you've already just mentioned. Um, so there's a couple other things that I wanted to mention here. Uh, let's talk about characters. Um, we've talked about Abby a little bit. We've talked about Ellie. Um, we're introduced to a whole new cast of characters, specifically on Abby's side, um, with characters like Owen, Mel... Manny, um, Lev, Yara, as I mentioned, um, on Ellie's side, you know, we, Jesse, Dina, we even get to know Tommy a lot more. There's lots of scenes with him and, um, Mm -hmm. and several points in the story. Were there any performances or moments in 
in cutscenes with these characters that you guys wanted to talk about? I, I think, um, again, just me being more interested in, in Ellie's story, I think, was part to do with uh, the support characters that she had. So Tommy, Dina, Jesse, um, I, I think they had such a good dynamic and and I felt like the chemistry between them felt uh, so much more organic um, than than the others that it just and, and I think it's it's uh, partially the writing and the storytelling but also partially the voice acting that went mm -hmm. along with it I think everyone just fits so well when it came down to uh, Abby and her WLF team uh, like Owen and Mel and Manny um, it just didn't feel as natural, um, you know, maybe both, in, maybe more so in, in the acting. And, and maybe I feel like, uh, like, maybe mostly with Owen, I, I just felt like there wasn't, you know, these, these are two people that are supposed to have like a real connection with each other. And I just never really felt that uh, between them with, with the acting that went into it. And I think it's, it's mostly because it, uh, I can't remember who who voiced Abby. She was phenomenal. Laura Bailey. Uh, Bailey. Yeah, yeah, she was so good. Uh, you know, and, and that that was one of the things that made it kind of hard to uh, continue to dislike Abby because she had an immaculate performance in that game. And then Owen, I felt like he was just, you know, I think obviously the writing had him as more of a cheese ball, um, you know sort of aloof and he was very flirty um but he also i think maybe that was one of the few voice actors that i think just didn't really uh quite live up to the character maybe um trying to think of the right words to say with that but i just it, owen's character in general just didn't feel right to me hmm. um and then Mel again I think I think the performance was good but then Mel was just not really a likable character I think um and and again there was some uh you know discord between Abby and Mel mm -hmm. and that really played into it so I think mm -hmm. you know Mel was always kind of set up as as sort of an unlikable character um so again I I didn't really care what happened to Mel she was pregnant though so I think that was kind of the one thing like okay well Mel probably is gonna live because she's pregnant who's gonna kill a pregnant lady and then you know she ends up dying but again <laughs> Ellie didn't know that yeah so <laughs> so again like you know and then Manny he was he was just some you know again another goofball sort of ladies man like he just didn't really I just felt like the connection was so much looser between them than mm. what Dina and Jesse and Tommy and Ellie were. And, and I felt like that created their bond created the better story. And it made me want to spend more time with them. Um, and then Lev and Yara come in and that changes things because that dynamic between Abby, Lev, and Yara was so much greater than any dynamic she had mm -hmm. with any of the the other characters that she was mm -hmm. she was involved with. Like you know, uh, day two with Abby was one of the best chapters in the game, uh, in my opinion. As much as I didn't care for Abby, you know, um, caring for for Yara and Lev kind of is what changed 
any opinion I had had of Abby because it was just it, it kind of felt like the Joel and Ellie from the first game, uh, mm-hmm. the way Abby and Lev yeah. were, and uh, the the levels that you went through with the two of them. Uh, you know, we we talked in in the previous episode about the sort of verticality that the levels had, um, and it, it was just really great. And I think I think Abby gets gets a little bit extra appreciation because she had the better the better chapters, the better that whole day two with Abby was like it was so much better than the experiences that Ellie had and like the, the, the encounters that she ran into. So I think that sort of plays in Abby's favor too. Um, you know, still team Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that's a good point. Cause when you think about like there, there's some pretty crazy moments like the, the sky bridge, um, you know, the fact that Abby's having to kind of team up with, or even just that scene of her like getting hung and like, all the way down to the Resident Evil boss that she fights in the parking garage is like, mm. yeah, she does have those big moments. So that's a, I think, a really great um, perspective to have on why maybe there is some favoritism towards Abby. So, mm. um, with the characters for me, I, I'm surprised you you feel that way about Owen. I always felt that that relationship that they established was really interesting because it's like, um, I, I, I understood why it never felt like they were for me, for me, I, I felt the same way, you know, like I felt like there was a weird, um, like I didn't feel the connection either. And I think that that was because they were trying to establish that Abby was so focused on for so long trying to kill Joel and try to get revenge and then even after that how she's realizes that not really much has changed and that she doesn't necessarily feel like better you know um even though she's she has killed joel she's still having a hard time finding that light um and she's conflicted and and then the fact the, the fact that you throw in uh, Ellie and everything that she's doing to make it more difficult for 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 Abby it's like well I don't know it just provides some more context as why she's like that and so it's interesting because Owen just uh, he, he for me I thought he did a great performance I thought that he was convincing on just continuously not giving up on Abby um, even after all these moments even after getting to Wyoming and and talking about Jackson and and even in that, before she killed Joel, talking about the future and, um, you know, after all that and going getting back to Seattle and still, like, it, it just proved to me that he cared about her and that there's a, a long-standing relationship there. And even though Abby wasn't show, proving to me that connection there, I felt Owen did. So, I, anyways, I just wanted to to point that out because I, I that's my perspective on that yeah i think i think for me it wasn't as much the writing as it was the the acting okay on that that's fair um i do want to give a shout out to the voice actor who played mel ashley birch who does aloy um hmm. she was also in a couple other games recently that I, oh uh what's that one outer worlds she was uh Oh, uh, Parvati or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love I think her. That's her name. Like, I think she's a great, um, 
per- performer, voice actor, mm-hmm. actress. Um, I I agree though. Like Mel, they kind of set it up as like you don't really care too much about Mel, even though she is pregnant and she was been murdered. And um, but that's because you have Ellie's perspective on this group, um, and then you also have the more intimate relationship between abby and mel and you're that's all you're kind of given for her as a character so um yeah it's kind of interesting on how how just showing her as that um you know like it it, what would that change if we saw owen and mel having conversations and getting more context hearing mel's side of the story so poor mel just got this shaft of not really being (laughs) a likable character even though she didn't really do anything that wrong right like i mean abby and owen had sex while mel is pregnant like (laughs) i i I don't know she's probably justified in in being kind of mean to abby and everything like that but um yeah um levin yara Sorry, I'll turn it over to your kid. I'm talking a lot. Oh, you're fine. I I did. I just wanted to hit on the Abby and Owen thing real quick. I I feel like it, they did a good job of like showing that they came from the same place, but that their motivations had changed. So like, Abby's goal in being in the WLF was to train and get jacked and find Joel and murder him. Mm-hmm. And Owen's motivation was to use it as a place of safety and a place that he could hide out until he could find out where the fireflies mm-hmm. were, were going to be regrouping or, or whatever. Um, and so I just, I just thought the dynamic, it was like they were never in the same place at the same time. Like, cause eventually, you know, we get to the point where Abby's goal is to find the fireflies. And it just was like that thing where you're like, I want these two to like, get on the same page again because it seems like there's obviously a, a really strong connection there in the past and that they've kind of just gone down two separate paths. And that was kind of the, it was uncomfortable, but it also made, made sense in the, in the, the context of the story mm-hmm. of like, you know, I, I that's, that's their motive, their separate motivations. And it's, it's very sad that these two people that obviously really liked each other and really cared for each other cannot do that anymore because their motivations in life have, have just gone completely opposite. And so I just thought that was a really interesting relationship and one that, you know, me as a, the person would have loved to see reconciled in the end, but obviously for the sake of the story that, you know, that was not what, what was to be. Yeah. Let me just say one of the things that I love, love, loved about Abby is that she was fucking jacked. Like <laughs> when you take control of her for the first time and, and see it at all day one, and you see how like her arms, man, are are huge. Yeah. Like she could tear a person in half. And then she just walks like like you know, like some beefcake at the gym. I'm like it, she like that to me was awesome. I'm like, okay, like this is cool. Yeah. Um I I absolutely loved that sort of uh design and uh you know, kind of uh flair that they gave her by just being absolutely Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I was texting my sister-in-law today and she had just finished the game yesterday and uh she made a good point of just like she was just she made a comment too about like she was like Abby's fucking goals. <laughs> and like <laughs> um and I'm like yeah, I totally get that and she just was pointing out how that's some good representation of 
different female characters, yeah. right? Like she she appreciated that like this female character could be more than just something pretty to look at, um, and was different from what we typically see especially in video games right and mm-hmm. um so i wanted to point point that out but yeah it's so like it was so funny because abby does this thing when you're kind of walking in in more cutscene type of moments in the game where you're you're controlling her but you're moving in and listening to characters and she's like kind of like stretching her triceps and like you know rolling back her shoulders to like mm-hmm. stretch out because she probably has like all the sorts of knots from just like <laughs> just lifting like crazy like i i, I just love little things like that because it was like man i just wish i had arms like that <laughs> yeah and she uh manny gives her that burrito and she eats it in like three bites yeah like, come on, that's, that's yeah. great yeah and and i thought it was really well done how when she when you do the flashback scene with her where they rescue the zebra and all that that she she does look very pretty and she does look very yeah. like feminine. But then, mm-hmm. you know, when you go play as her in the future, it's like, no, she's, she's not that anymore. Yeah. Um, nope. You know, she's obviously still a woman, but she's, she's a badass chick now. She's yeah. not, yep. she's not messing around. Yeah. And that's a kind of, kind of a great thing. Like you see, you, like you were saying, Luke, there's all these different representations of women you have. Um, Ellie and and Dina who who fall for each other mm-hmm. um you know and and just sort of that LGBT um you know sort of uh personality that they that they put into that and then we kind of get the uh sort of the, the context although it's not really touched upon directly that Lev is a trans person mm-hmm. yeah um you know who I uh, you know maybe born is what people would identify as female. However, they identify as a male. And um, so I thought that was really cool. I think there's a lot of uh, representation and inclusion um, that they, they added into the game that I think was, was a, uh, a really great thing that, that even in a post apocalypse, you know, people can be accepting of, yeah. you know, people of all, you know, types. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I agree. And I, th- I think the people that are like complaining about it, like being shoved down your throat are, are again, people that didn't really play the game because it's not shoved down your throat at all. It's not it's, at all. No, it's a natural, you know, relationship. And even when, when, um, you know, they're Abby and, and uh, Lev are kind of first out on their own and you hear someone call Lev by her, her, um, you know, her female name, Lily, um, you know, her given name, Abby asks her like, do you want to talk about that? Do you want me to ask you about that? And she says, no. And then they move on. Like, it's yeah. not something they sit there and harp on. Um, and obviously mm-hmm. I'm just called Lev. She, and I meant that in the, in the context of her, her past name. She's obviously now uh, transitioned to a male. And, and so I, I, I just, yeah, I don't get the, the argument that, that it's shoved down your throat and it's yeah. you know, social justice warrior, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's just, right. it, these people did not play the game. They saw, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spoilers or they saw something in a review and they, they ran with it. And that, that, that's really unfortunate because, you know, maybe someone does see this game and is like, Oh, maybe this is for me. And then they're like, yeah, I don't really want that shoved down my throat. And that's not what would happen. So, you know, if that deters someone from playing the game, that's really, really kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. And the only part that really like, was obvious i guess or or and again even this wasn't shoved down your throat was that 
Ellie and Dina were very obviously in a lesbian relationship. And Mm -hmm. um, again, not forced down your throat, but I mean, that's just, you know, it's, it's a natural thing. So, and it's like, you know, them as, as story writers and, and game designers, like shouldn't, have that design in mind but then have to hide it from people that don't want to see that like no this is who they are like just you know let them let them be you know but you know and then of course there was a a flashback sequence where uh what was his name seth uh you know decided to to throw a fit because dina and ellie Mm. kissed and um you know that was that was a great call out on you know people that try and be bigots to that sort of uh Mm. relationship Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the end of the day, if you are complaining about that, like, it's just like, give me a break. <laughs> you you have so much representation. Uh, all these people complaining are, you know, predominantly white male, which is what, like, I, I, I just like, and I know that they're not thinking this way anyways to begin with. They're kind of, those people are generally people that aren't even worth debating with, but um I love it. And I love that, um, you know, people are, are, are supporting that and talking about that because that's something that is extremely important. Um, especially in video games. And I think that, you know, as we progress in this medium, there's more and more of that. And I think that, um, it's great seeing naughty dog do that because I feel like there's not enough of that even even today in a moment that feels like people do prioritize that and try to give representation it still doesn't happen right so I I'm really impressed with that um to see Naughty Dog doing that for sure and and when it does happen it it is kind of the tropey um examples of it and not that that's being shoved down your throat but I I think that they did it in a way that was not like, well, here's your token gay character and here's your token trans character. Like they were just people, you know, yeah. and those mm-hmm. were attributes of who those people were. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't defined by their sexuality. Yeah. Well said. So we were talking a little bit about music in our review and how that plays a, a bigger role than just, um, you know, the, the physical placement of songs and sound effects and everything like that. Ellie and the guitar is something that we saw in a trailer, but also was in the game a lot. We saw, uh, I think the, f- the, you know, there's obviously the flashback sequence with Joel obtaining the guitar and bringing that back. And um, then there's other moments of more gameplay type moments where you're playing take on me in the record mm-hmm. store in downtown Seattle. Yes. Um, that was one of my favorite parts in the, in, in the game, to be too. honest. I thought that was so good. Yeah. Such a cool moment of just like taking a, a quick second to sit down and, um, you know, as, as you know, silly as the PS4 dual shock, you know, strumming the guitar is. I'm glad that that touchpad's still being utilized in some games besides yeah, just right? a, a map <laughs> button. But um, uh, yeah, like I loved that placement in that. Um, and to think that that could have totally been missable by so many people is right. mm-hmm. mind blowing to me. Because like you said, Adam, like it's it's one of the best moments in the game. Like it, it's meaningful. And to think that that was something completely on its own, you could have 
got back with Dean after doing whatever you did in that downtown Seattle and get back on the main path. And yeah, what what a miss out if you miss that, mm. you know? Yeah, that's that's the big one that I was speaking of when we were talking about exploration in our review episode about like there's definitely things in this game that are missable that I would be really upset if I miss, but mm. um yeah, just that's that just goes to show you like you definitely should explore a little bit in this game at least. Yeah. And that moment I thought was especially powerful because it was like she was alone at first and she was starting to play the Pearl Jam song. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Future mm-hmm. Days is the name of it. And and then Dina comes in and is like, What 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 was that? And you can tell that like it's too it's too close to home for Ellie to even like talk about. Yeah. But then she's like, you know what, I've got I got another one for you and, and like it I just thought that it was really cool. She's like, This one's more appropriate for, for me and Dina, you know? And so then she plays the yeah. uh the take on me yeah. song. And, you know, I was playing with headphones obviously. And, and, uh, my wife was sitting next to me like reading or she's on her computer or something. And I instantly unplugged the headphones. I was like, you got to hear this. It's so good. <laughs> nice. And I don't, I don't mean to jump cause this is literally the final scene of the game, but, um, we're going to talk more about it in a bit, but just mm-hmm. even that sequence, right. Of oh, yeah. revisiting the song and this time in a completely different, way right missing some fingers and Mm -hmm. just how full circle right like on how this thing that's been a symbol of their relationship through the entire game um and just how they introduced it through flashbacks and then to the present day of after everything that's happened and going off on that like wow (laughs) like that's how i liked how they ended it like it couldn't Mm -hmm. have done a better ending in my eyes of um, using that as the focus of the the game's ending. Absolutely. So the Seraphites are a enemy that we knew were in the game. I remember talking about them after the state of play because um, we were provided some more context about them being a religious cult um, that you go up against in this game um and you kind of heard about them as ellie but the the exposure to them was obviously through abby right um Mm -hmm. obviously through levin yara and going that that was the whole connection there um but what did you guys think of that whole subplot and who they were as a group and their kind of backstory um, so honestly, for me, I thought the Seraphite's backstory and everything was a little bit underdeveloped. I felt like with all the artifacts and, and notes and stuff that you would find about them, and as well as what Lev and Yara would say, um, it just seemed very surface level. Like I didn't really ever come to understand who the person was that they worshipped or like followed or what her motivations were. And maybe that's just on me. Maybe I didn't collect the right notes or, 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 uh, things of that nature. But, um, you know, I, I know Luke, you're super into like cults and stuff and, and I'm have a little bit of interest in them as well. And I just wanted a little bit more out of it. Um, like, I think like the, the fact that they like whistled to communicate was really cool. And, um, they obviously had a, very, very strict religious structure, which is, uh, you know, a common thing in most cults, but, um, it just felt like their motivations didn't really, um, 
get explained all that well to me. I thought it was just one of the weaker aspects of like the world building, in my opinion. But uh, maybe you guys know a little bit more about them that I didn't discover, and you can kind of enlighten me. I don't know. No, I, I kind of agree with what what you're saying. I think there just there wasn't a lot of context around it, um, like we saw with like the WLF. Obviously, because we had we were following characters um, for a while that were part of that group, and you know, kind of had an inside relationship with that group. And uh, Yara and Lev were obviously on the outs with the Seraphites, so we didn't really see what it was like on the inside of that group. So it was just kind mm-hmm. of they they were just kind of like this random group of bad guys it felt like that that yara and lev sort of had a tie with and that's sort of really the only drive um you know to acquire any information on them i guess um so yeah they they didn't really do a whole lot for me and and by the end of the game i was so tired of hearing the whistling um (laughs) it just got so old after a while i'm like please stop i can't take it anymore um so yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's uh, you know got to be more to it, but you know again we understand that uh, there were certainly reasons why Lev and Yara were um, you know on on the run from from that group, and that's you know where Abby kind of came in and <clears throat> saw some pretty good development with the three of them yeah. once they once they met right. up. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I even like as someone who read the notes um, specifically in the section that you, when you're with Abby and Yara and you're trying to find Lev in the the camp on the Island, this little Mm. villages you go through. Um, Yeah. Like reading, I I, like the, I would agree that they were the most underdeveloped world building. You put it perfectly there, Garrett. um, And when we compare it to everything else that this game had to offer, but I did find what was interesting was the parallels they drew. Just like we constantly were seeing the parallels between Abby and Ellie throughout the whole game. But just how the WLF, um, the Wolves or whatever, were kind of similar in the Seraphites. As in, may, they, they kind of have evolved and changed. And that their foundation that they started on isn't necessarily what they are today, right? Mm. Hearing about the leader of the Seraphites and what what their teaching, what her teachings were and everything like that didn't sound like what the Seraphites were anymore, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that whole was so, so interesting to me that we were kind of exposed to it, but not really that immersed into it. And I think that was more just to keep the attention on Abby and Ellie. Because um, even when you get into that uh, with Haven there, uh, the the battle going on, right? And you're kind of just making your way through a literal war zone. And it just goes to show you, like, look at all these people that are fighting against each other in this big fight that really you don't know necessarily the the context to um, completely. You don't know the whole story, but... I, I, I liked how they, they did that, 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 hey, this is going on in the world outside of this. Like, um, you're, you're stuck in this little bubble with these characters, but there's still a whole world out there fighting for, for, for big things, right? For humanity or whatever. And uh, I liked how that, that was, felt purposeful to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that last little section there where they're fighting each other, I honestly 
couldn't help myself but think like do the people that are fighting each other right now really know what no, they're fighting exactly, over yeah yeah and that that's what like whoa. the world is burning <laughs> around you and you're just trying to kill each other still and it's like what are you doing and 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 that that draw to reality of like war in our world right and how mm-hmm. um i've never been in a war i can't speak to that but just there's there's got to be people that feel that in that moment and so for that to kind of translate um in a game it, it felt real of how the, just the concept of war you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, and then i did want to just give a shout out to that fight that you had with that sarah fight oh yeah in Haven. that was awesome like burning buildings all around you and this brutally he's like got his like freaking face sliced open and it's just like this brutal battle um i was yeah, waiting for figure... her to rip his jaw off <laughs> like, it looked like she put her hand in his mouth at one point and i'm like she is gonna rip this dude's head in half yeah. either that or Luckily, he's gonna put it down to... and she's gonna she's gonna lose a hand yeah <laughs> This guy, I mean, as as jacked as Abby was, like this guy was a He's monster. A big boy. <laughs> yeah. She she cut him up so many times with that sickle that God. she found, and then she tears his face open. He's looking like the Joker. Um, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and then he gets shot with an arrow, and they fall down, and like he's still just going. Yeah. And you know, finally, like the the way she took him down was so brutal and awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> It was just that that was a just such a good a good battle. And again, like, you know, Abby got some really great fights and encounters and scenes that like again, it's no wonder like you know, I, I think that aids in people liking her. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, because that's just, you know, stuff that Ellie didn't really encounter as much of. So yeah. Um, moving along here. Uh where did we want to go? Um, how would you guys feel see, about... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you've got a note in here about the sky bridges. I know we sort of touched on that earlier, but as someone who, like, I don't, like, have a huge fear of heights. Like, I love roller coasters and stuff like that, but, like, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, like, walking on top of tall buildings like that, like, in any game freaks me out and, like, gives me this sinking feeling, like, in the pit of my stomach, but, like... The fact that Abby was feeling that too, like amplified it through the roof for mm-hmm. me. Like those sections were honestly some of the most like nerve wracking sections for me. And I know that yeah. they may not have been specifically designed that way, but they certainly hit that way for me. Yeah. Same here. Cause I'm, I'm not a fan of heights, but like, I'm the same, like, you know, roller coasters and stuff like that, you know, controlled, uh, things like don't bother me, but right. this was obviously like very like, you know, uh, <laughs> very loosely put together uh, and then you know it's like boards and and tape basically <laughs> um yeah that that definitely like gave me anxiety watching her go over it, it although it did create some some pretty fun dialogue between abby and lev mm-hmm. um that was pretty interesting but then like that whole like from that whole point on was just a series of amazing like uh level crawling like you're you're mm-hmm. going down through that hotel and it's all filled with spores oh gosh, yeah. and you're, you're fighting all these different kinds of infected. Um, and the then shamblers. And, yeah, the, the, the shamblers, you have this, you know, a bunch of the stalkers in there. Um, 
it was just you know and you're you're gradually working your way down through this like just old like dilapidated hotel um which then of course leads to like the creepiest portion of the game which was easily in that hospital um Mm-hmm. Before you know, we talk about the hospital. I did want to say quickly about when you descend in the hotel. That's a great example of how well the si- sound design comes through, especially with mm-hmm. headphones. Of like hearing the levels below you, of like knowing, okay, I've cleared the enemies on this floor, but I'm still hearing mm-hmm. like noises of the infected, and yeah. just oh my gosh, like leading. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, they like, would you, say you stuff like. Hear- they would say stuff like, yeah, I think that's all of them for now. And it's like, yeah, you know it's for now because there's, there's more. <laughs> you go down a floor and then you start hearing the clickers. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you were saying the hospital section. Um, yeah. What it could, like we had the hospital as Ellie, but then the hospital as Abby, right? Mm-hmm. This was on a whole other level. Like it was, it, it, it had the creepiest of vibes. Like it was that really classic, like kind of horror movie, like, you know, ground zero for zombie infection, everything, you know, you got yeah. like blood everywhere and you read the notes about like the infected patients and, um, you know, there, there's a bunch of locked doors and, and you know, as soon as you get these doors unlocked, there's going to be crap behind it. And, and and behind the one, like you hear it, and it's like, okay, that's a sound I haven't heard before. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go and unlock it, and you when you do finally see what's on the other side of that door, like, oh my god, <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> yeah, like just the the remains of whatever was it, like it because it was it was more, I don't know, like that room became more flesh. I guess yeah. flesh and mm-hmm. spore than it was any sort of like brick and mortar slash concrete. Like it, it had become like a, it, almost like it was a living organic, just space. Mm-hmm. And then of course it led to the resident evil boss. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if one of you guys want to start off talking about that since. Well, it, it like the comparison to resident evil is one that I've, I felt in, and I thought was I was thinking originally, and then I realized that everyone kind of felt the same way. So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, like I mean, Resident Evil, especially like when coming off of like playing the remake of two, um, mm-hmm. and just like Resident Evil, kind of having that over the shoulder third person action, resource management of your guns, and like dealing with a freaking crazy enemy that is aggressive and coming towards you and is you're just pumping bullets into like that's what resident evil is in a nutshell and so um and it was not only was it a cool just kind of drawing that comparison but on its own in terms of this enemy in the last of us universe and how that was like just totally uh, like I, I knew there was going to be some sort of big boss because they even teased it. I think in the state of play, they're yeah. talking about, mm-hmm. and then they're like, and then there's more to come, or like that's just one of the many enemies, or some whatever tropey line, and yeah, and uh, <laughs> then you hear like this noise, and I like how they 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 expanded that a little bit because the focus of last of us has always been the people and the relationships and it just happens to be in this world of zombies and infected and that's something that they have to deal with um and so i like that they 
still are are that late in the game throwing that at you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was and cool like, that it was. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go for it. Uh, I was just gonna say it's cool that it wasn't like the final boss of the game either, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it just kind of came sort of uh, out of nowhere, I mm-hmm. guess. And, you know, it was this, just this big hulking thing that was like, it had like three heads or four heads, if you can. And its <laughs> one leg was like its own person um, <laughs> that split off of it, you know, halfway into the fight. And it's just like, this thing is, is insane. And I like that they didn't like, you know, obviously this thing was like, absolutely bizarre and horrifying and i like that they didn't say like okay that was cool now let's put another one of these later in the mm-hmm. game yeah. right it was just that one and it wasn't like a fine like a, not a final boss it was just this very big boss fight just kind of right smack dab in the middle of the game so yeah i thought that was really cool um the way they they handled that for sure. Mm-hmm. And if they had used it again, I don't think it would have made much sense because like the the whole like reason that that thing was believable was because this was ground zero of where the infection started in Seattle and like yeah. obviously that thing had been locked away in there for 25 years. <laughs> so it's like this thing mutated. Like there's no other conditions in which that would make sense in this game, you know? So yeah. it, mm-hmm. that was, that was, you know, what I took away from it was that like, Oh yeah, this is unique. And it's, it, it makes sense why it would be only this one time in the whole game. Yeah. Another big moment in the game was day three with Ellie that, and you go through a total like water section, right? The, the flooded area of Seattle on the, as you're making your way to the aquarium, um, How do you guys feel about that section? Because obviously there's the whole mechanics of maneuvering the boat and everything, but were there any moments that stood out to you in that part of the game? Um, you know, for me, I, th- I thought it was pretty interesting. Like it was just a, a nice kind of break in the normal, just walking around gameplay. Um, but I did like that it was like, not just like, well, let's just, you've got free reign over sailing through the entire city now. Like you had to stop and get out and deal with enemies or you had to stop and get out and deal with the huge, like you, I think you ended up in an arcade at one point and you have to uh, make your way through that to get the door open, to get through with the boat and all that. And so it was, it was really well done. I thought Um, just as a way to break up the gameplay and not just be the same thing the entire way through. And then also, not to make it too easy at the same time, mm-hmm. but um, it didn't make a huge impact on me. I wouldn't say that it was like my favorite or something I disliked. Just it was just a nice change of pace. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that that's yeah, pretty much in a nutshell for me too. Yeah, it's totally that that change of pace. I really liked the uh, encounter that you went through to to acquire the boat, uh, where you're kind of just in like mm-hmm. this old broken down mall. And there's, you know, there's a boat sitting over there and you know, you need to get it. And, um, so I I thought that that was a a pretty cool encounter. And then, yeah, just, you know, riding around in the boat was, you know, there was, there's some areas where you could jump off and kind of explore and, uh, you know, find little sort of hidden things lying around. So that was kind of neat. It kind of, I guess, was maybe one of the closest things we got to, um, you know, Seattle day one with Ellie, where it was kind of like that sort of sandboxy mm, right. area. So it was kind of the closest thing we got to that uh, later in the game. 
so it was um yeah just you know good change of pace like like garrett said yeah i wanted to mention specifically because there was one moment that i just thought was like pretty fucking cool for me (laughs) it was like uh i i this is how i approached this one enemy it was in a section where there was like these uh train cars like piled up off of whatever and you could kind of work your way up on these train cars um in this open water section and there was a couple collectibles and some ammo but like the enemies were a fair distance away so like uh it gave you options on how you could approach it and i was sat up proned out in the subway car looking across and there was this huge drop below me into the water and uh I was like sniping people with my hunting rifle and they like couldn't figure out where I was because I was that Mm. far away. Um, And I just, again, another testament to the AI and how it was realistic in spotting Ellie. I like even at a distance um, when you would shoot from far away, they had a hard time trying to find you. And I thought that was really cool. So Um, plus it was like, it was near the end of that section. So it was like the storm was really raging. And so it was like, you're like, just you, you know like you're you're so close to abby or so you thought and you're like it's pushing you through it's pushing pushing you to the limit right of like uh going going through and yeah at least that's how i saw that whole Hmm. segment um only to for you to find out abby wasn't there and um (laughs) yeah uh a couple more things I wanted to mention uh, and then we can kind of, I think we could maybe do like a round table where we each uh, just share some of our favorite moments from the games and then we can kind of look at wrapping it up. So uh, let's see here. Where is it? The point I wanted to talk about. Um, I just, one more thing, just a little more of a deep dive into Abby versus Ellie and and that is just, and we, we, we talked about it a little bit when we're talking about abby of just how your perception changes on things right as you see abby but just how that game does a great job of telling you what like where you are um in comparison to where ellie is on that day you know what i mean of like when you get to the you're obviously at the hospital before ellie gets there um but then when you think back to ellie there's a scene where she's crawling through the vent system and uh, I can't remember the name of that character that Ellie kills um, in the hospital at the end of that. But anyways, she's talking to a couple people and they're qu- they're pressing her on where Abby went, right? Because she helped Abby escape from the hospital. So it's like mm-hmm. it was providing like the more context to that, um, which I thought was really, really cool. And then the moment that just hit me hard was when you are playing as Abby and you get to the aquarium to find Owen Mel um, dead, but even more importantly, Alice. And it's Mm -hmm. so crazy because it's like you play the game and you're introduced to dogs and how you have to kind of defeat them. And there's when you're playing as Ellie, it's like a dog's just attacking you and you, you kill this dog and then for freaking naughty dog to throw it in your face and and make show you who this dog was from a from mm-hmm. Abby's perspective it's mm-hmm. like yeah you fucking bastards like how <laughs> dare you 
So um, that moment hit hit pretty hard for me. Just and I think mm. there was the music shifted to it. Like it, it did a the game purposefully made you want to feel that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, going off the aquarium, I think we should probably at least hit on briefly the two biggest flashbacks, in my opinion, in terms of like story building, were the flashback with uh, Joel and Ellie on Ellie's birthday at the science museum. And then the flashback with Abby and Owen at the aquarium when they first discovered it. I thought that those were very well done, both of them. They're kind of parallel in that it shows you who these characters were in relation to what they've become. And um, especially the the Ellie and Joel one was was just really nice because it was like, man, we're we're home again. You know, we're Mm -hmm. back with Joel like this is this is what we wanted out of this game and that we thought had been taken away from us, but we still got to have some of those kind of experiences through the flashbacks. And, um, even like the, I love how they kind of call back almost to, uh, left behind when, you know, you're playing the arcade game and it like zooms in on Ellie's face yeah. and she can almost imagine how this arcade game's playing out. But then in, in uh, part two, when you're in the, um, science museum and you get inside the space shuttle and all that, and you're, um, kind of, she's got the helmet on and she's imagining like what it would be like to actually go into space and listening to the tape and all that. And I just thought that was pretty powerful just to, as a kind of a callback and as also as just like a, just a tender moment between yeah. her and Joel to just totally. kind of, you know, develop their relationship even further. Yeah. The, that moment for me was, was up there with like the, take on me guitar moment mm-hmm. it will stand yeah. out i'll remember that scene for a while me too um one more okay we need to uh, i'm looking at time here so what we're gonna do is let's kind of be, be before we give our favorite moments we obviously got to talk and, and share do a roundtable discussion on the last part of the game right um mm-hmm. where ellie and abby their stories finally we meet up, we're, we're finished with Abby Day 3, and how the game kind of throws at you that you're kind of fighting Ellie, in a sense, right, in the theater, um, and then going in after that into the scene that we've already talked about a little bit with Ellie, um, do they, I think they broke, Abby broke her arm or whatever, and then Dina's like being held up with a knife, and just how crazy that scene was and how the you would think it would be over after that um and it isn't mm-hmm. were you guys caught off guard by that <laughs> i was, I was caught off bit. guard by the by the whole thing because you know they're 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 having a, Ellie and Abby are fighting but you're playing as Abby in this yeah. scenario and it's like you know we envision Ellie of, as the protagonist and it's like okay well why are we why are we beating up Ellie right now? I'm like, please stop, please stop. Like just, <laughs> so I'm just thinking to myself, like this isn't how it's supposed to go. Um, and yeah, I mean, Abby, you know, beats her within the inch of her life and is about to uh, kill Dina and the baby. And it was just like, just so shocking for me. I'm like, this isn't how it was supposed to go. Like this is Ellie's story and this is just, this is how it goes out. So yeah, that was really shocking for me. And uh not at all the way I wanted it to play out because again, Team Ellie. Um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, it just 
that part really, really screwed with me a little bit because it wasn't at all what I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, after that, that whole scene and it kind of just cuts to black and you, you wake up and not wake up, but you, you, you pick back up with the characters at the farm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ellie and, and Dina's farm with the baby and all that. And, um, I kind of thought like that was kind of going to be it. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess you're, you're supposed to just infer that like they both made the decision that this wasn't worth it and that they, you know, they had gotten what they needed and they were going to move on. But then, and that would have been totally fine. I would have been yeah. happy with that. As an ending. I, 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 I would have, but at the same time I was thinking like, there's something missing here. Like we didn't get to hear the forgiveness. We didn't get to see the forgiveness or yeah. like the, the, uh, realization of like, I shouldn't do this. And, um, yeah. So then you, you know, you're, you're hurting those sheep into the, the barn and then the door swings shut and you're in darkness and you have the flashback to Joel and it's like, Oh shit. Like this isn't over. Like she has to, she has to pursue this still. And that's even, I believe that's even before Tommy comes back and says, like he knows where she is. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I see where this is going. And then, um, yeah, that, that whole section from the meetup in the, the, uh, the theater to, the first little section there in the the farm was super like um, unexpected in like, Oh, it's going to end. Oh no, it's not. You know? Um, So I just thought it was really well done. And um, I thought though that the, you know, as you move on to the, the section after that, where you are Ellie again, and you are, you know, searching for Abby again, that um, it was a little unclear, I guess. And I guess it didn't really matter, but the, um, the rattlers, I believe is what they're called that you fight, um, that, that cap have captured Abby. Um, it was a little unclear as to what their motivations were, but I think that they were just supposed to be generic bad guys essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just another like example of like, it doesn't matter where you go. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be bad people and right. that that will follow these hu- humanity for, for the time being, right. Given the state of the world. And so, um, I liked, I, I, I saw it as like, um, you know, just, just another thing that you'll never, they'll never totally be out of this. Um, which is kind of sad (laughs) to be honest, Mm -hmm. but what can you do? Right. It kind of reminded me of walking dead. And one of the things that I ended up stopping watching walking dead from was that I, like I got sick in that show of like, Okay, we, we yeah. meet up with this new group. We, you know, integrate ourselves. We take a few characters from the group and then something happens and we move on. And I like I it 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 was honestly a lot more well done in this game than than they ever did it in The Walking Dead, so I did appreciate mm. that, but yeah. that was one thing that towards the end I was like I just don't quite know who these people are and I I guess like you know like you're saying it's it's meant to say like it doesn't matter who they are it's just that there's always going to be another group out yeah. there. Mm. Yeah, I so let's let's talk about this where we're left off right with the last of us part two we already talked about how ellie dina jj they have this life um that you would supposedly be thinking that they're working towards right like that 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 is not is that not what you want in uh a 
post-apocalyptic setting. Um, Mm -hmm. Finally getting that, like you said, still battling with it, still not feeling complete. Um, And just in that moment of... I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to talk a little bit of just Abby and Lev and seeing them in Santa Barbara and then going there as Ellie and feeling like you're right on her, her footsteps, um, her heels or whatever. And then finding out like that happened two months ago from when Ellie's there for me, I don't know why, but it just kind of made me remind that like time is always passing in the game and that was something Mm -hmm. I think that I had forgot about because you're seeing all the we saw day one two three and then we saw day one two three over again but it's like time keeps pushing forward and um and so that was crazy to me hearing about that and then um coming across yeah, go ahead. Don't forget too, if if you think about it, from the time that uh, Abby and Ellie had that fight in the theater, you know, enough time would have had to pass for Dina to have the baby. Exactly. And then clearly, like it wasn't a newborn either. Like that thing was probably around like you know maybe eight to nine months exactly, old. So yeah. I mean, we're looking at almost two years since they had that showdown too. Yeah. In addition to these couple months that um, mm. you know Ellie took to to get down there and chase Abby. And it, it also, yeah, it made you feel like, why? Why are you still chasing this? You know what I mean? Like, you understand because she, they explain that. Um, but it just, like, it, it frustrates you, I think, as the player. Because it's like, have you, have, have you not learned anything through this whole journey, <laughs> right? But, like, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that they're, that they, they make her do that. Um, and... I yeah man frick it was so beautiful because like the moment of her coming across Abby and uh, I loved watching people play that moment um and hearing you guys talk about it of like you're calling out to Abby and you can't really find her and even when you find her um she's like unrecognizable right yeah totally just lost so much weight so much muscle mass her hair's cut she's brutally beat on the verge of death and (laughs) just like right there for Ellie. It's like, like Ellie could kill her in that moment. Um, but she doesn't, right. She cuts her down and that walk to the boat of helping her kind of escape this. And, uh, leading up to that flash of Joel's dead beat up face lying on the ground. Mm. The last thing that she would have seen of Joel hits her one more time um and it just turns into this fist fight that's like you don't really want to move forward with it right like you don't really want to ellie to do this or at least for me um sorry i'm saying you and when i say you i'm, I'm saying me as the player how uh, how i was feeling um i didn't want to do it i didn't want abby to die i didn't want ellie to kill abby um, because I didn't think that that's what Ellie needed and uh, yeah it throws you in that and it's just so brutal and I will say that for whatever reason I wanted it gave me this weird parallel feeling of uh, um, 
whatever Troy Baker's character was in Death Stranding and yes. <laughs> Norman Reedus, yes, me too. and they're like fighting on the yeah. beach because it's right. like a similar setting as well. So I was just yeah. like, um, so it hit me on that level as well. But mm-hmm. um, and then that flash of Joel um, to to make her stop and mm-hmm. realize it in that second that. Like she, like, like you said, for, forgiving Abby in that moment, um, reali- like realizing that it wouldn't make a difference and kind of understanding that she's so far removed from the whole reason behind it to begin with, that it doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. Um, man, it's just, it was powerful, man. Like mm-hmm. I can't even explain how, how speechless i was in that moment of just sitting there and yeah i have what were your guys' thoughts to that i um i I felt the same way um you know that obviously she was going to to forgive her or at least um you know I, i take that back i did not realize that she was forgiving her in that moment i realized that she had decided that this wasn't worth it i don't need to kill her like i'm done you know i'm done but then you move on and you see that full scene of what she was thinking about when she flashed back to, oh, to Joel and on the porch. And that for me was, I mean, I know it's not like gameplay and it's not like, um, you know, like this huge epic moment, but that was my favorite part of the entire game was that flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, I, you know, I said in our review episode that, this game has been described as a game about hate and violence and blah, 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 blah. But to me, this game is about forgiveness and, um, for Ellie to be able to say, I can't forgive you, but I'm willing to try and Joel to break down and cry Mm. and say, you know, I would really like that. Yeah. Uh, That was, that was tough, man. Like that was, and that made me think a lot. Like, are there things in my life that I've held on to, for no reason other than I just don't want to forgive somebody for something, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if I'm not pursuing, you know, revenge, like what things are there that I could just let go of, even if I can't forgive somebody, can I at least just let go of, of whatever they did to me, you know? So that, that to me is the, the message of this game is, is forgiveness. Um, even though it's only this brief, brief moment at the very end of the game, like, what it all culminated for, for me was forgiveness. And that was super powerful for me. Yeah, it was, it was a really powerful ending. Um, because again, it does, it, it totally makes you feel like, again, um, being in this journey for, for Ellie and really being so, so invested in Ellie's portion of the story. And you get to this point and after everything you've been through, both her story and Abby's story and, you know, you you kind of get this feeling like okay well now you know she came here to uh get revenge but you know i think she she sees abby up there and it's like okay i think you know she realizes you know abby's vulnerable too and it just doesn't make any sense to continue on the the revenge mission and decides to let her go and um you know it's like okay you know i'm 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 all, i'm all right with that outcome and then um, 
not only does she try and get Abby to fight her, but she threatens Lev in the process because Abby doesn't want to fight her. I'm like, come on, Ellie, like, don't do this. <laughs> like, this isn't this isn't the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. And uh, so so because of the threat, Abby does fight her and Ellie gains the upper hand and starts to drown her before she kind of has that moment of clarity that like killing Abby isn't going to make her feel better. And, um, yeah, I, I told you guys this in, in our group chat, but I love that scene where she lets Abby go at that moment, um, not because it saved Abby, but because it saved Ellie from, from you know, her uh, feelings of, of revenge and hatred and uh, that, that feeling of needing to uh, kill Abby in that process that she was able to, to let her go. And I'm like, this is it. Like, this is, this is how Ellie can start, you know, her, her true healing process and, and maybe move on at this point. Mm -hmm. So that was a really great scene. Then of course, as Garrett mentioned with the, the flashback with Joel, I mean, that was just, you know, cause you, this kind of happened after she had, you know, obviously there was a falling out with Joel because she found out, that he had lied about what happened in that hospital and he finally came clean and that we saw in, in a flashback earlier in the game. And so she was like, you know, I'll go back to Jackson, but we're done. And, you know, through other flashbacks, you kind of get that tension and that sort of like, you know, Ellie is just not gonna, you know, they're just not quite okay. And, you know, that, that final moment where, she decides I want to try and forgive you. And, and the realization that comes with it too, is that literally the very next day, Joel gets killed. Yeah. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was just so, so powerful, but yet still heartbreaking when you realize like they can never, you know, be on good terms again, because that, mm. that got taken from her. Um, but still finding the ability to let Abby go in that moment. Like it was just, it, it's crazy. Like, it, and it is, it's a cycle, you know, and finding a means to at least somewhat break that cycle. Like that's a big deal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, I, I totally was crying in that last uh, scene with, <laughs> and I, I think I've only ever cried in a video game one other time. That'd be the Walking Dead season one, um, Telltale game. That's the only time I I know because I don't typically cry even in movies, TV shows, um, you know, unless it's a, a dog dying or something like that. But like, I I never had that, and but I was just so absorbed in that moment for all the reasons that you guys have already talked about and how how it hit on that extra level of knowing that that was the last, you know, conversation that they had together. And the game does a good job at kind of like faking you out um, with thinking. And I heard Greg Miller think, say this on one of the podcasts mm -hmm. and I felt the exact same way. And I actually went in my note sections of like after the Dina and uh, Dina dancing scene and kiss scene and that mm -hmm. whole events that happened after that thinking like, Oh shit, that's the last conversation that, Ellie had with Joel and I went to my open my notes in my phone and I was writing about that and how it made me feel and 
so I was really glad to see that they had a little bit more closure than <laughs> than that. Um, mm-hmm. And just like talking about that and when Ellie says, I don't think I'll, I'll ever be able, uh, excuse me, ever be able to forgive you. Um, and the look on Joel's face in that moment of like, in that moment, that is like his, that's the worst case scenario for him mm. that he did this and Ellie will never forgive him and that he's lost her. Like that's worst case scenario. And that's why he's so afraid to tell her, especially after adding on more lies to it. And, um, you know, like that's the one thing he's the most afraid of in this world, essentially at that moment. Um, so that's the, the look on his face. And then Ellie's follow up line, um, of, of, I can try to, um, and his reaction was just insane. Like I just, I, I, it felt like a real. I was watching a real human interaction in that moment. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like I was watching a cutscene in a video game. And yeah, like that. That's why it was. Uh, like I'm even like just talking about it, man. Like gets me feeling something because it's it was so phenomenal and uh, leaving me with that was the best best thing they could have done because it's like that's how I'll feel um, after completing the game. So I, I thought that like that as a conclusion was really good. I like that they left it a little open, you know, with mm-hmm. a couple things. One, the last scene of Ellie putting back, playing the guitar uh, and then walking away through the field. Is she going to go find Dina um, and ask for forgiveness? Um, you know, what, what is her next steps? We don't really know. And then the titles, screen of showing um what's it called uh catalina island is that what it's called yeah that's right yes um and leaving that open-ended is like she got there and were were there fireflies there like what's next for them um and i'm not even talking about in terms of like are we gonna get a sequel i just like i love i love that because that's how the first game ended is like you know that there was this big lie does Joel tell her? Do they live the rest of their relationship not knowing that? Does Joel, like, does Ellie forgive him? Like, it, we didn't necessarily need those questions answered. I'm glad that we got them answered. Um, and I liked how they did that. I also liked how they, I'll, I'll just get to my concluding thoughts here and then we can kind of each wrap up. Um, yeah, that, that was my, the, my favorite part of this is that reinforcement of it's not a sequel. It is the second part to a story, how they ingrained all the actions that you went through in the first game and extended that into the second game. And you felt the consequences that you made in that first game. And um, you feel conflicted because you're so attached to these characters and you, for the longest time, told yourself that they were justified in making them. And then for the game to like throw that at you and make you question it, and show what what you did even as Joel in the first game, how that rippled the future, but how what you're doing as Ellie is also changing things for, for these other people. It's just like, mm. man, like I just can't get over how well done that was and how every little specific thing that they put in was purposeful in telling, telling this story. And... Um, yeah, it's almost like, and it's hard to believe it's a video game, right? You don't, that that's, uh, my biggest takeaway for this is, um, this is, w- like, I feel like this is what can transcend 
video games as a medium and how they can that they're they're a little bit more than what the general public kind of sees them as and i think as we move forward people are understanding that more but like this is really not to sound all cheesy on you guys but like this is really like the the foundation of how i feel about video games and how mm -hmm. i think they can totally change people's perspectives and impact people in different ways that they didn't think they could get from something like a, a video game console that's quote unquote something for kids you know what I mean like it's just mm -hmm. it does so much for the medium and so I'm so glad that we get this whether you liked it or you didn't like it it just pushes pushes it forward so I, I that's kind of how I want to conclude my thoughts so I'll, I guess I'll turn it over to you guys you can go for it Adam um so yeah I mean in, in the end I, I really you know uh enjoyed the experience that this story was so good um yeah, I, I think everything kind of boiled down to sort of the very beginning of the game that sort of set the tone and set the uh, the stage for the story that unfolded, and and the very end in those final final moments to see how everything kind of uh, turned out the way that it did, and you know just to kind of touch base on that final flashback with Joel is that. Even after Ellie found, you know, he, he finally confessed what happened to Ellie and Ellie was kind of like, we're done. And she started cutting ties with him and, and they were having that conversation on the porch. And he said, you know, without any hesitation, he said, if I had another chance at that moment, I would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the reinforcement and the conviction that no matter what, yeah. he was always going to save Ellie, um, you know, I, I think that was a really powerful moment mm -hmm. too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, those those powerful story moments, those are what really just, uh, you know, make these games so incredible. Like, it's not always just the, oh my God, I can't believe they went there. It's the way they, um, you know, they, they really make you think and make you feel. And um, yeah, they just do an absolutely amazing job with storytelling. Um, and, and as far as favorite parts go, um, again, as much as I don't really care about Abby, day two of Abby's story, as I mentioned before, was just incredible. I think that was the best chapter in the game. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, gameplay-wise, it would... And, yeah, for that portion, for, for the gameplay itself, was the best. Um, but, yeah, all the story stuff, you know, just... Just give me more Ellie. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of said it already um, in talking in that end scene, but, like, this, the, the fact that this game is about forgiveness for me was just a big deal. Um, I've had s several years in my life where I was kind of an angry person and probably burned a lot of bridges with people that I, I previously considered friends and, and stuff like that. And so, um, over the last, you know, I'd say three or four years, I've really been trying to be a more positive person and have a better outlook on life and, and try not to, um, be so combative with people when I don't agree with them or if I feel they've done me wrong or something. And, so like just this whole forgiveness theme just really, really, really hit home for me. And, um, 
like I said, that that last scene of of them on the porch was my absolute favorite part of the game. And um, in terms of like comparing to the first game, uh, I think overall, like I like the story of the first game better, but like the second game story was much more powerful and much more meaningful to me, um, which is crazy because you know the first game is about uh, essentially like a father's um sacrifices for his child and of the father losing a child and and getting that opportunity again and so as a father you would think like that's that would be more impactful to me but you know just the way they did this game was just on another level and um yeah i, I don't i don't have any more words to be honest <laughs> no, <that's fair. laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day clearly a very like you said, Adam, it's a must play because it's it just uh, helps to find storytelling, um, not just in games, but in general. And I'm really interested to see where, just like we saw how the first game influenced uh, so many future games and how they tell their stories. And um, it'll be interesting to see, like looking back at this game five years from now, uh and how we, the industry views it and what's changed from then. And um, I think it's going to be one of those games that, again, although a little polarizing on how people felt about it, um, that in its itself creates conversation. And it's, it's going to be one of those, I, I'm glad that we all got to kind of do this review. Um, this whole process was really, really fun because you know, playing this game on my own uh, would have meant something, but I think being able to play it and then talk to you guys through group chat and to do this review and now even seeing Megan play it and some other friends play it, like just having the conversations about it is so, so awesome to see. And like clearly even just listening to the, the review we did and the spoiler cast, like we, we all felt differently about this game had different opinions on it but at the end of the day um it's it's very obvious and evident that it it impacted us on various levels and that's really really cool <laughs> like that a video game can do that like i really can't think of um some some uh, like the in the, even just with you and me adam i've been podcasting with you the most and thinking back to our discussions and games we've played and stuff like on just how impactful this one video game was is is pretty neat so anyways that's how i'll i'll wrap up the show thank you guys so much for listening to the spoiler cast episode uh thank you for being a part of this journey with us we were really excited to do this episode like i said we had been chatting about this game while we played it after we played it so it's great to finally be able to to vocalize uh, our thoughts and our opinions on it. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you know someone else who has played the game and really liked it, maybe share this podcast with them so that they can see how other people felt about it. Please make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen to it on. You can follow the show on Twitter at GamesAreFunPod. Garrett, where can people follow you? I'm on Twitter at LP Panther. And Adam? Uh, you can get me on uh, Twitter and Twitch at AdamPalooza85. Go, Ellie. <laughs>
And you can follow me at Luke Allen Arm on Twitter. And that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the spoiler cast of The Last of Us Part 2. And we will talk to you guys all with a, a regular episode next week. Talk to you later.